Okay, as so as requested by absolutely no one, this is another episode of Thoughts on Things. So uh, this week we're talking about the film Escape from New York in our eternal task to ruin the stroke in Hans films. <laughs> so Escape from New York, 1981, first released in Japan by our good friend John Carpenter. Woo! Again, directing, I think, writing, and again, uh, with a musical score. Yeah, you can tell. And again, it's brilliant all the way. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, um, it starts off 1988. It says crime has increased 400%. <gasps> Shocking. Yeah, right that's now. pretty bad, man. So, they decide they need to um, have a prison for the entirety of the US. And so they decide to make an island prison and they choose to use the most expensive piece of real estate in America. Alcatraz 2.0. And they call it Liberty Island, like pure taking the piss. Liberty Island's the place where the Statue of Liberty is. Yeah. That's... They didn't call it that. It's always been called that. Yeah, but again... But they they put the security control on that. It's like right across from it. It's like, fuck off. Yeah, it's, uh, it's irony. Yeah, it's and, clever. And they have guards like outside it, not not in the prison, and they yeah. just can't be asked. Like, there's, there's some guys trying to break out, and they just go, "Oh, go back." The helicopter guy. Yeah, give yeah. him like two seconds. Just blows just, them away. Like, fuck off! I'm clocking off in a minute. That's fuck it. You. Just can't be asked yeah. for the paperwork. <laughs> like, like the handover. At least, like, he's, oh, he's, yeah. like, he's like, he's watching the pace at which they're going back to the island. He's like, fuck, fuck this. Wife's making drumsticks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got to go. I'll have to hand this over to Greg. I'll have to fill out the forms. Fuck it, I'll just shoot the fuck, fuck out of that. <laughs> Boom! Serve it. Okay, so uh, over the uh, prison island, why did he fly the president's plane anywhere near? I don't think they were initially. I think I know it is hijacked. They, they were, I think they were hijacked and taken off course. Like, but then in that case, then why, why the one of the places where you wouldn't want the president's plane to fly? Why wouldn't they know the code of his plane? Surely, like even like so, so he shouldn't be there. But even if he is, they should really know. Anyone they? should know the code for the president's plane. It should be something. Very specific, like AF one. You know, they're like, "Oh my god, that's Air Force One!" Don't shoot it down, for God's sake! Can you imagine if they were a militarized prison and like, there's a there's a plane in our airspace, and like, is it supposed to be there? No, shoot it down. Can we make contact with it? No, shoot it down. Shoot it the fuck down. Yeah, but then they're ready for like, it's like, oh, but it's AF one. Like, oh, it's AF one. Shit. Um, try and make contact again. Don't shoot it down. But then that's the president. But they'd have readied the pod though. Oh, <laughs> the yeah. red egg. The red he... egg. Yes. Yeah. It's um, it's like a little Big Brother diary room in there, isn't it? I think he just gets in. He's like, <laughs> prepare <laughs> for an emergency landing. Six forty-five a.m. You are Crime pre- has doubled for. You are crash landed in New York City. <laughs> Okay, so like, um, just another quick thing. Um, like, uh, when the plan is revealed from Hawk to uh, Pliskin that he's going to give him pardon, Tommy Snake, um, and and then he just like he just just cool cool as fuck, just pulls open the desk and just has the pardon there. Yeah, but he's like, what? What? It's like he knew? Yeah, he's but he's like, what happens if he didn't want that? Or does he just oh, just a check? Yeah, and he's just, oh, I've got a big check under it. <laughs> but have you got? 
Barbara Streisand under there. Yeah, I've got a signed yeah. photo of Barbara Streisand. <laughs> like, could have a oddly specific, but I'll take it. Yeah, could have a free Sky Sports for a year. Yeah, here you go. Just all under his dead. <laughs> okay, uh, just an endless stream of gifts. Like, much, yeah, yeah. like what might he need? He's got Darren Brown there with a chalkboard right now. All the fucking possibilities. Like rubbing his temples. I fucking hell. What if he wants to be a man? <laughs> <laughs> Pulling out bullseye style. Okay, and last little quick bit from me. Uh, just the, the plane landing when he's um flying into um, New York City on the um in the little glider, it's like very reminiscent of pilot wings from the snares. A little bit like we said a bit like Star Fox as well. Yeah, like the way it's filmed where it's just his head in a box, yeah. I, I thought very much that he needed to do a barrel roll throughout the entire sequence. Yeah, and just need some little frog in the fucking corner. Yeah, mom. Just yap at him all the yeah, time. Yeah, all of that, all of that, I would have enjoyed. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Right, so, uh, I want to talk to you about steam cars. About what? Steam cars. So, one of the guys on there, I can't remember exactly who, but he, but he references that they've managed to, to power the cars with steam. And that's how they drive around. Some some of the blocks have electricity. Yes, he says they have greenhouses, yeah, stuff like that. Generators. So, steam cars. They were first supposedly built in 1672 by Ferdinand of in China. He made a toy for the Chinese emperor. It wasn't intended to carry uh, passengers, so it wasn't strictly a car. Well, oh, yes, we obviously both all know this. But oh, yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's good information for yeah, everybody else. Of course, of yeah. course, yeah. I'm just telling you what you want yeah, to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, then, proper, proper steam cars, like, four people, they were, um, they were built till the 18th and 19th centuries. They didn't take off till after the use of high-pressure steam was developed by Richard Trevithick, and it became viable for commercial production in the 1850s. And then the demise of the steam car was brought about by the development of the internal combustion engine in the 1900s, right? Okay. So a steam car is an external combustion engine and not an internal combustion engine. And the main advantage of an ECE over an ICE is that the fuel burner can be configured for very low emissions of carbon monoxide, nitrogen monoxide, and unburned carbon. So these prisoners basically they could be the answer to everyone's fucking problems, right? Take that cab, for example, that the cabbie's got, yeah? It moves at high speeds. It's manoeuvrable enough to be used successfully as an escape car many times. Why aren't we monetizing this technology that they've got? Of these steam cars. It's basically, right, this movie is just the most elaborate episode of Dragon's Den. Right, where these inventors are so eager to change the world that they kidnap the president just to get an audience, right? And still, no one focuses on the bigger picture of these steam cars, right? It's like if you and me invented some That's the bigger picture. Yeah, steam yeah, cars. Yeah, so right. you and me have invented some okay. new kind of biodegradable plastic that fully goes back Dragon's to the Den with scrappy challenge kind yeah. of mashup. Bring up, right? Okay. Listen, you and I have made this new kind of plastic and it biodegradable plastic and it fully breaks down in 12 months, right? And it just will not let us on Dragon's Den. 
They won't let us on Dragon's Den to talk about this fucking bottle we've invented, right? Will not let us on, right? So we, we arrange a private meeting with Duncan Bannantyne. He's like, no fucking way. And just like jumps out the window. Right? Out of the window. <laughs> yeah, out yeah. the window in his cosmic red space egg, yeah? And then sends some fucking eyepatch-clad Scottish murderer to come and get us, hunt us down. We're all we're trying to do is change the world with our new fucking eco-friendly invention, man. That's all that's going on in this prison, right? Oh, okay. They've, they've I'm not fucking around here, bro. They've built it just steam sounds, cars. Sounds an awful lot like you are, Tom. They've got... No, I promise you, I'm sincere. They've got steam cars, right? They're driving around in these fucking steam cars. Like, that's a really cool invention. Why is no one interested in it? Why is no one interested in it? That's a better movie. Not just this idiot wandering around with a gun he'll never shoot. talk about that later. You think I got started on Chekhov's gun last time? It's coming back, baby. Okay. Do you, would you not attempt to monetize? Like, if you had a prison and they figured out... I think if they're coming up with belting ideas... Yeah, it is a belting idea, man. Like, we've got electric cars and stuff now, like hybrid cars, and they're pretty normal, right? But a steam-powered car, if you had a car that ran on fucking heat and water... That's all it needed. You change the fucking world, bro. Well, I mean, you I don't mean, need to charge. That. I mean, you, you could pull up at a fucking yeah, I mean, you water could say, pump. You could say it could be steam powered in terms of it could be like a heated steam from another reaction. So it could be like a hydrogen kind of reaction. There's no hydrogen, man. I told you how the fucking steam engine works. Didn't you listen, bro? Like fuel cells, man. They could no, be even more advanced. Pressure steam. More advanced. That's what I'm saying. All an ECE needs is steam. Just precious steam, man. Okay. Heat and water. Okay. Okay. Right, okay. <laughs> no, I'm just going to... Duncan Bannantyne, if you're listening, I have, in fact, made a... Uh, working prototype. A working prototype of the plastic ball I talked about. Yeah, the, the 12 months... You can hear it. Stop it. You can hear it. it. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So I'll just tell you a little bit. I'll just tell you about a recent holiday I had. So, you know, like, um, <clears throat> when I'm holiday, I like to have the best possible experience, you know. So I really sort of choose the best places, you know. I, I go all them, like, secret escapes and that Voyage Privé one. Do you know all the whispering ones where they whisper that it's a dead good holiday? And I it's dead fun. so much. Yeah, not the shouty, like, Trevago. She's like, fucking, get on holiday, you cunt. I like, that, right? I like the uh, the India one. It's like India, yeah, yeah, incredible In- India. Yeah, but I'm now like the whispery one. It's like, oh, it's dead easy. Go on holiday, it's dead good. Oh, come to Bangor in Wales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's lovely. So, so I'll, I'll tell you about a recent trip I had uh, to uh, Cadiz in uh, Spain. It's uh, one of my favourite places. Like founded incredibly in one point one zero zero BC. You know, I enjoy the crazy yet fun carnivals. What do you mean 1.10? That's, that's just what it says. It's just what it says. What does that mean? I don't know. 1.10? Are you a point one of a year? I don't know. It's like... What? 1.2 months? I just looked at this online. So, so do they specifically know that it was, like, it was found in, in the start of February... One eight. You one take piece. you take it away. No, because no, that'd be the <laughs> month before. So like the end of November. Two BC. One BC. 
1.1? What are you talking about? You'd take that up with Mr. Cadiz anyway. Who's Mr. Cadiz? No! Uh, don't, don't scuttle out the door. I think I'm going to have to scuttle no. out the door. No! Own your mistake! What it's does 1.1 mean? It's, it's, it's internet's mistake. Oh, you're blaming the internet. Who are you? Of course. Do you think I'm actually going to bother to do proper research? Bill O'Reilly blaming the internet. Right, so so I I like to say I I like to holiday in like a small villa. There's locals around, local families. There's the uh, Iniestas. There's the uh, Mr. and Mrs. Harvey who live over there. There's Mm. the... uh, there's the Potters from Huddersfield. They're expats. We don't really talk about them. And then, like, in the... <laughs> the what? Sorry. The expats. Oh, right. They voted leave, even though they live over there. Anyway, so, like, in the evenings, I like to travel down to local villages. I like to join in Let with all the local go. culture. I like to indulge... Like, I fully immerse myself in the local culture. I eat what I eat, see what I... Just enjoy the full experience of being on holiday. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But there's some people who don't want that. Some people just want to go on holiday with basically like hot weather spoons, yeah? So where they're eating like a full English every fucking day, yeah? An all-inclusive motherfucking deal. So I'm saying to oh, you yeah. that John Carpenter is the all-inclusive film man. Okay. Okay, so bang, straight away. It's got a film, right? He will do it for you, right? And it's like, all right, do we need to find a director? No, I'll do that. Oh, should we write? Do we need a writer? No. All he needs is a fucking genre, and he's fucking going. He's got the music down, hasn't he? So Straight away. I see. I I have a very different theory on how this works, which I'll present to you shortly. Um, I like this though. So he's basically he just he wants to do absolutely everything. Creative control. Oh yeah. But it's just like easy for the film things. They just give it him, and he just goes with it. He just don't question. It. Does he? Just... he um, does he have a star? Does he have a star in his movies? Not that I know of. Well, like, you're going to get them mostly the same things because it's like as a package that it's regulated. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, it's yeah. the people who know it's welcome. You're going to get fights. You're going to get mad electronic music. You're going to get some guns and like some sex and readers. Oh, and yeah, like yeah. And, th- and then you'll probably get Kurt Russell because he's always kind of hanging around, isn't he? Yeah. He's always he's thinking, he's I kind mean, of like the eternal... It doesn't like, seem like Kurt Russell was that hard to get. Yeah, he's yeah, like the eternal club rep like, for the all-inclusive yeah. John, like John Carpenter holiday. And he's like dragging... So like they're all like they're always dragging people along. The over-league concierge yeah, yeah, yeah. sat it's, behind the desk. It's like Halloween, he's chasing around. God, oh, I'm scaring you. Like people are, oh, fuck off. Oh, I just God, wanted yeah. a nice rest. Yeah, it's like the enforced, like, fun stroke terror. Nice. Yeah, and there's, like, constant music so you can't fucking calm down. <laughs> yeah. And you've got all these people just fucking shit going mad. And, like, at the end of the experience, you, you, you're definitely sure that you've been on holiday stroke seen a film when you've said John Carpenter, but you're not 100% sure that you've enjoyed it. <laughs> I always enjoy. Oh yeah, I'm just John. I, I do like that. <laughs> no, I like that. I understand that. I'm on board with that. Yeah, I get it. <coughs> um, right. So I'll I'll just I'll run through my list of just honourable mentions and just okay. things that I liked in the movie. Um, before I before I go deep on my next few things. Um, so my honourable mentions. Um, first one. Why is the president English? I'm pretty sure that can't happen. <laughs> But it's fine. It's just a film. Um, my real first one. <laughs> the noisiest leather jacket in the world. Yes. Uh, love that scene. It's a combination with the leather jacket and the ca- and the leather cap. Yeah, I guess. He's just like squeaking away over there. I, I loved it. 
Uh, New York is a bad location, uh, Alcatraz copycat, expensive real estate, uh, does serve as clever irony in the Liberty Island becomes the HQ for security control though. Uh, point three, uh, the, tri uh, the trigger happy chopper pilot we talked about. Um, four, what did the green monitor say? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, I don't know if we're supposed to know but it worked either way. Uh, the typical badass voice right, Snake. Casey fucking Ryback and Clint Eastwood all have the same voice. You ever noticed yeah, that? Yeah, it's the growly voice. I love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. You can just walk around like making pancakes and talk about it. And it's like, oh, that's a great Steven Seagal impression. And like, Steven Seagal, yeah, I was, go I was going for Steven Seagal. This is Steven Seagal making pancakes. But then another friend of around like, hey, that's a, that's a good Clint Eastwood impression. You're like, yeah, that's what I was going for, punk. <laughs> <laughs> you're the man of all seasons if you master the uh, just the generic like yeah you're man of all seasons with that what one. if I'm late <laughs> kind of thing <laughs> so right why have they picked a man with no depth perception for this mission as well um, he's free to litter as well uh, they're clearing all his crimes so he's throwing his cigarettes everywhere yeah. it doesn't matter he's jaywalking as well and swearing at the police yeah. he doesn't give a shit like um, pulling, pulling the cords on trains as well. Yeah. Pressing fire alarms yeah, all over like, New York. Fuck it. Um, there's a guy in a pelt. Um, you know when he's sitting down in the alleyway, there's a guy behind him like bangs the thing and then runs off. He's wearing a pelt. Like, <laughs> they've not been on this island long. It's only men who have been uh, nine years and they're already like skinning animals and wearing the skin yeah. shit. Where's he got that like, pelt? The crazy, <laughs> the crazy seem to have like adopted a very like... Like very quick, sort very of like, quick descent into madness. No, 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 but like very cons but consistent style though. Oh yeah, absolutely. they've got their own kind of like it's, sort um, of like it's the it's, it's Robocop three syndrome, isn't it? They've got that um, you know the splatterpunk aesthetic from Robocop three. I know a lot of you might be thinking, but the there are, there's only two Robocop movies to which I would agree, but. Hypothetically speaking, if there was a Robocop 3, the splat pumps in it, they look the same sort of as the villains in this movie. It's just that. I like the way that they're, like, the, the, their fashion is like on, like on message throughout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've, they're they've very, developed um, that. They're very they've, they've gone, right, okay, let's, well, let's live in the sewers for one. Okay, let's start eating rats. Okay, that's number two. Hey, you, we need to get consistent hairstyle. Are we going for here? <laughs> Sid Vicious look. Yeah. Right, let's go. But yeah, just one guy in a pelt. And I wondered where he got it from. Um, number nine, fights Bronson with a bat. Brilliant. Uh, number ten, what happens to the president tomorrow? Like, does he just go back to work now? Like, yeah, we need you in the Oval Office, mate. Uh, yeah. Career's banging on the fucking door again. <laughs> like, oh, God, just sat down, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I felt a bit bad for him. Anyway. Tends to be honourable mention. Right, okay. I'm just gonna go right. Just get right. You can't really talk about this film without talking about Lieutenant Snake Plissken. Okay, he's like obviously a major part of this film. So Lieutenant Pl uh, Snake Plissken, Special Forces from Black Black Light Unit, mm -hmm. awarded two Purple Hearts. Mm -hmm. Youngest ever soldier to be honoured by the president. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Right. So he's thought to be dead. Hmm. They always are. In, in, in what is called the like, Kansas City incident where one of his uh, friends also died and in, in what, like, brain, like, sort of betrayed him as. So that's why he's got beef with him. Nice okay. to see you. 
Exactly. So, <laughs> so we just look at him like from from when we, he first steps on the screen. He's not like a like a, a sort of a subtle introduction. He's just full on straightway like hair. Boom. It's just crazy. It's like eye patch. Eye patch. Yeah, like the noisiest leather. Stubble. But it's also like fucked as well. The leather jacket's falling apart. It's tatted. Like crazy. Like, Charity shop leather jacket. That yeah. Day. Like that's crazy. Like with cheese yeah. Leather. Crazy wrestling boots kind of thing. I bet that's how they did it. John Carpenter with a cheese grater. Yeah. Like, gotta make it look old. Yeah, and he's just smoking all the time, like yeah. growling, stealing that guy's cigarettes. Yeah, as well, yeah. No less. Just yeah. every single just just, just yeah. growling, growling every, every single line. Yeah, every okay. single line. All right. So, so the thing is, like, so everybody knows him. And I was thinking about that. It's like, well, why would anybody know about like, a specific soldier? And it's like, can you imagine that if like one soldier was held out as like a hero? Yeah. Like for an entire like mission or something, and that, that everybody knew about him yeah. as like a presence. That's like how like awesome he is. Mm-hmm. I think, and it, and he, like, and he uses his growly voice, and he's like, because he's like not arsed. He's like the very much like relaxed hero. But like sometimes when he sounds like not arsed, he, like he really is arsed. Mm-hmm. Like when he gets injected into the neck. Oh gosh. He, he, you know, he pure just strangles the fuck out of him straight away. It's like, oh, what's gonna happen? Yeah, after like nothing, like, I care. Yeah, and then it's like I'm a, just asking because I don't think you know. Like after the weird scientist just tells him. Oh yeah. In like a weird move where he just like makes him tell him. But it's such a melt that guy. So I was like, yeah. you should tell him. You should tell him about his neck. It's like it <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite in the fucking movie. It's like you gotta tell him, Chief. It's not fair. Tell him we thank life. Tell him what happened. <laughs> Tell him what's gonna happen to his freaking neck. Yeah, but then he does know what's going on later on with the present uh, wristband, though, as well. Yeah. Well, that fucking weird, though. He's got the, the thing on his arm. Mm-hmm. Like, and you're pretty, I'm going to be in prison now. And you, when I woke up, when I found this. Did you? The fucking president, bro. Uh-huh. Jesus. I've been spending like five minutes just getting punched just getting in the back. Just getting in the face. It's me, Chief. That'd be me. Like, if I was ever in some, some that fucking scenario, I'd be that guy just getting fucking hammered in the face, and then someone would be like, Are you the president? I'd be like, Oh, whatever you fucking want, please just help me. Okay. <laughs> so, like, right, things with like snake plus like people fall into like. Two categories with it. Like, people either want to fuck him or fight him, right? Oh, so. I fall into both. It well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you look at it like Cabby proper just wants it. He wants him. Oh, yeah, man. He proper wants him. Uh, the, 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 pre- the, the I'm the president guy, he wants him as well. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely, he does. Like, all the ladies just like instant, like, it's like the first time they see him, they're like, right, yep, yeah, I'm on with that. Yeah. Right, and then if, like, if you want to fight him, it's a bad fucking move. It's just not going to go well for you. Yeah, whatsoever. he's uh, he's he could take care of himself. He, he's, 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 he's Andy. Yeah. He's Andy. Yeah, he's he's a weapons expert, man. You know, he's rocking on. Like he he gets all his equipment like laid out on a desk and then just like instantly makes it the biggest gun in the world as soon as he lands. Yeah, man. And he has the ability to shoot through that. If he's that really shitty wall that he shoots through before he jumps through it. Talk about it in a minute, mate. Don't worry about it. <laughs> he has that skill. <laughs> yeah. I've got a theory on that skill, frankly. <laughs> and then the, the thing is, the way, as well, the character that he is at the end of the film, he has like the last laugh. And the only reason is. Oh, yeah, when he's it's like. Just, um, it's just fucking. It's just fucking. 
<laughs> yeah, the, the reason is just fuck you. It, 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 it does not benefit. Yeah, it does not benefit whatsever. It's just fuck you. When he switches the tape, yeah, I mean, yeah. See, I like the bit where um, a guy keeps calling him Pliskin. He's like, um, he's like, call me Snake. And then at the end, he's like, we make a hell of a team, Snake. And he's like, just call me, call me Pliskin. Yeah, man. He's <laughs> like, oh, he's sending me mixed messages. Ugh, you know what I mean. You know how I make a guy fall in love, don't you, Snake? And, and that's it at the end of it as well. Like, he, he's done something for no gain. Like, loads of people die in, in like, the whole like, yeah. thing of it. And he's just not arsed at all. He just gets the job done. Mm-hmm. Doesn't he? And he gets his partner and just fucks off. Yeah. That's it. Fair. Yeah, man. <clears throat> yeah, man. A fair place, we might say. That's, that's what Snake Pliskin is. They hired him to do a job, he did it, then he fucked off. He didn't hang around for glory either. So... You know. He was going in there one way or the other, wasn't he? Yeah, man, he knew what he was doing. Right, so. I'm going to bring you into an episode I like to call John Carpenter Spunks the Budget. <laughs> so, um, John Carpenter once again spunks his budget real early in the movie and ends up with about 30 or so minutes of sets, props and effects that he can't afford. And then an hour of people running around not really talking because he can't drag himself away from the fucking synth long enough to write any dialogue once again and uh, not being able to use the guns because they don't have any money left in the budget to shoot the guns yeah I think you get about six shots in the entire yeah. film wasn't so, half of them through that wall just, what, what are some of the things you waste money on at the start of this movie you've got helicopters flying around he's filming on Liberty Island he's got um, all the plane sequences anything else? Yeah, the fancy like uh, computer software mm-hmm. of the of the plane when it crashes. That weird like neon board. No, you see, I think he did that because he, he couldn't afford to film a plane crash, obviously. So I think like it's a decent way of showing it without distracting. Because like if they just didn't show it and they're like, "Oh, that plane crashed." By the way, you'd be like, "Oh, fuck off!" But yeah, because they show it. Well, that's pretty clever. Like okay. I'll, I'll let him off with that. But I mean, realistically, he's he's spending a lot of money that he shouldn't be at the start of this movie on the props. It's like you've got fucking you know, Lee Van Cleef. For fuck's sake. Do you reckon Lee Van Cleef well, like, even that expensive? Like, no, but I mean, you've got to look at the cast of it. The cast is, like, pretty much solid from top to mm. bottom, isn't it? But Lee Van Cleef's just an outlier. Do you think he would have been expensive? They would be. Like, Lee Van Cleef, don't Donald Trump. He's a bit of a joke, though. Lee Van Cleef, because even Primus have got a song about how like, no one gives a shit about Lee Van Cleef anymore. <laughs> it's called Lee Van Cleef. Look it up. Um, but, um, oh yeah, Donald Pleasance, fucking Kurt Russell, Lee Van Cleef. Um, Isaac Hayes. Isaac Hayes. Yeah, man. Got loads of fucking people in there. He probably did spend a decent amount of money just on people. Man. But there's no need for all them helicopters. We got it, you know. So, he probably wrote this movie, in my opinion, specifically to not have guns in it, because he knew he couldn't afford them after Act 1. So, you mean to tell me that they confiscated every fucking gun in New York City before they turned it into a prison. Yeah? They li- left literally everything else, but they took all the guns. Bullshit. Yeah? People making Elon Musk grade steam cars, oh, right? Come on. But they can't oh, make oh, a gun. Oh. Bullshit, man. You ever heard of a steam cannon? A cannon that shoots a projectile using only heat and water God. or a supply of high pressure steam. From a boiler. Yeah? They're already using this tech. Why don't they have guns? It's because he spoke the budget, man. This could have been a much cooler movie. Yeah? People blowing people away. 
guns everywhere, not all this ten shit, like, oh, it's artistic, fuck off. I don't watch John Carpenter for art. I want to see crazy shit, man. That's why I watch Day Live and The Thing and Halloween and this. There was just not enough. I wanted people getting blown the fuck away, man. But no, he spunked his budget on Lee Van Cleef and a goddamn helicopter. He probably bought, like, 100 day passes over on the fucking, you know, the little ferry that takes you over to Liberty Island where everyone's got the ponchos on and John Carpenter is there and he's getting soaked because his camera's under his poncho and he's like, you know, the camera's waterproof, don't you, John? Because we're going to be filming in the rain today. He's like, it's all about the art, man! Sacrificing for the art! And he's got his like, keyboard, like little keyboard strapped to his <laughs> chest as well. Going away, yeah, practicing yeah. his C major scale. Yeah, man. He's like, oh, John, what are you doing? He's like, you wouldn't understand! <laughs> I don't know if John talks like that, by the way. He's probably a really nice guy. None of this happened, of course. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I just feel like if he better money management in this film, I think would have gone a long way. Not to say that I didn't thoroughly enjoy it, but. You know, the first time you see Air Force One, like, you can see the budget's gone to shit. It reminded me of Wayne's World 2. You know when they're <coughs> flying over to England and they've got the plane on the stick yeah. and they're like, oh, I can't believe Paramount's shipping us over to England. <laughs> it just reminded me of that. Yeah, bit. I suppose after that, like, the first sequence, you, didn't, you just kind of see, oh, it's like, oh, I'm going to be seeing a lot of these corridors now. Yeah, man. A lot of just empty shots, like, filming at three o'clock in the morning in New York City or something. That's what we're going on with that goddamn movie, man. I liked it, but better money management, please, next time, John. Like, you deserve better. Jesus. Go on. Well, I think, I think you've sent out a clear message to John Carpenter there. I, I, John, I love you, but... I, th- I, th- I think you've sent a clear message. But uh, quickly uh, changing their tone to... Say, <laughs> new advanced... Tasty Steve's fire rating tuna. Tasty Steve's fire rating! Right, okay, so, so you've got to look at this in this context. Okay, so Snake, right, he's trained, right? And according, <laughs> accordingly, he's trained in karate, taekwondo, kenpo karate, Brazilian jiu jitsu, krav maga, and jeet kune do, right? He's, he's, he's military trained, standard, right? So he takes out his normal form to click, quick, clean strikes, yeah? Nice. Nothing too complicated, just gets the job done. Yeah, nice movement throughout. Uses Absolutely. his space. Yeah, yeah man. Psych- Absolutely. He's got yeah. it all. Um, he's, he has, he basically takes out your general followers all the way through, just very, very clean. Good, good score so far. Okay, right. Then he has his big, muddy, massive baddie fight, and he's like a comic baddie. You're fighting Bronson with a bat. Yeah, yeah, bro. So I mean, there is a in this fight. You've got to look at it straight away. There's a massive weight difference. Yeah, massive weight difference. I would like to think that the uh, big guy is gonna have some kind of cut to his purse for missing weight. And Man, I, think, I mean, you don't. Know, I think, I think a, few, that, a few less nails in the back. Well, I, I think I think even though like there's a big weight difference, they still opt for weapons. Height difference, nice. range difference mm-hmm. as well. But I mean, the weapon is the equaliser, isn't it? Realistically, in that situation, and he, they, they get shields. To be fair to him, I mean, he, does, he does. He waits out. He uses his skill. He uses his weight. He uses his agility. When the opportunity arises, he, he gets the job done nice and quickly. Yeah. Dead. Yeah. Okay. So what, what's your rating? Give me, wait, your, hey, give me, your, hey, give me your out of tens. Hey, 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 hey. You just gotta wait. I'm not getting out of tens though. You're gonna have to, it's the total score. Oh, okay. Okay. So, I, and you gotta bear in mind as well, he's doing this with an arrow in his knee as well. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. 
So, he's, he's still doing that. Now, I don't like to do this. I don't like to criticise a fellow fighter, but I've got to be critical. Here. Fellow fighter. You okay, so, during his fight with the Duke, he makes an absolutely tragic mistake. He downs his opponent, fair dudes. He disarms him, yes. But then he runs, and he does not fully disarm or disable his opponent. This is an absolute amateur move. Yeah, and then he has to rely on the president just going mental and shooting the fuck out of him. Yeah, yeah. He does, doesn't he? He turns his back on him right at the last bit, but then the president is like, what does he say to him? Like, you're made with a duke, but you're yeah. not number one or something. Yeah, I'm number one now or something yeah, like that. So, so that that last error really drags the score down. It's an overall 7 out of 10, I'm afraid. After an initial very, after an initial very good start, gets dragged down by that fatal error, I'm afraid. I mean, you expect us to believe that Snake could make such an error as well. Maybe he knew. Maybe he knew the president had his back on that one. I'd like to believe he knows. I'd say, I'd go with you, 7 out of 10. Uh, but I don't think that this is a fight-focused movie, you know. It's no Under Siege, is it? No. And it's not End of the Fucking Dragon or anything. So, I think we can forgive it on that. I think overall his performance throughout the entire film is top effort and I think we're being critical but I think he'd expect us to be too critical. I think that is what he'd want you here. Are we talking about John Carpenter or uh, God? Snake Plissken. Oh, oh fuck me. <laughs> I'm glad he's not here. Okay. Jesus Christ. Whew. Right, so... I'm going to close with this. I've got a few, got a few more bits. Well, this is my final piece. This is where I'll close. This is where I'll leave you. So, John Carpenter, he's a pretty accomplished musician. I don't want to take anything away from him, you know, to give him his due. The Halloween theme, you know... Why Iconic. They, yeah, widely considered, like, one of the best themes, you know. He won a Saturn Award for Best Music for Vampires, 1998. He's had three studio albums, Lost Themes, 2015, uh, Lost Themes 2, 2016, and Anthology Movie Themes, 1974 to 1998, 2017 that came out. Um, with this in mind, I feel like John Carpenter basically just writes films as a vehicle to get his music out. So... He writes a bunch of music and he's got his 10th song. So he's got a dark opening. And then he's got his mystery song. So he's got a military bass and neck bombs. You know, and then he's got a thrilling song. So you have to fucking crash a plane. He's got a sad song. He's like, oh, we'll just kill one of the characters, the cabbie. Fuck it, we'll kill the cabbie. You get a sad song in there. He's got exciting. He's like, oh, exciting music. Oh, fuck it. We'll shoot a load of people. And like, oh, no, we don't have the budget for that, mate. We've got bought a load of helicopters. He's like, oh, fuck it. We'd shoot a hole in a wall and then jump through it. We've got to get the exciting song in there. I've already wrote it. This is my soul. And then there's like, all right, we'll get it in. We'll get it in. So you get these crazy scripts where everything. That's a unique <laughs> form of filmmaking. You yeah, that's it. why you get these unique strips. There's a script where it's just a series of events that make up this story and that's why his films are so fascinating and like they're all cult classics because it's just like 
how could someone imagine this? You end up with a movie where there's everything and nothing happening all at once and the tone's kind of confusing because you don't know if you're supposed to be taking it seriously or not. Good and point. It's just a list of bizarre events with no apparent direction. But then someone's like, oh, you know, it's about capitalism and the government though, isn't it? And you're like, oh, I guess oh, it's yeah, brilliant then. <laughs> but, but it's just... It's just him making his, his way through this list of music. He's like, oh, I wrote, I, I, like, like last night I wrote this really mysterious piece. He's like, oh, I need something mysterious. Like, right, um, if we ch- we'll, we'll chain a briefcase onto the president's wrist and it's going to have some, some nuclear, we'll just say nuclear and then it'll sound serious and talk about NATO and Russia and we're at war and he's got it chained to his wrist but don't really explain what it is and we'll have this mysterious fucking music rising up from underneath <laughs> and they're like alright okay so they write this down and, like, and then what happens is like he's got his, got his tense music next he's like oh, it's a tense situation he's like right then we need a guy talking to Lee Van Cleef and just making countdown from 20 like why would he do that I don't know make something up <laughs> It fits the time signatures. <laughs> you get what I mean? Yeah. That's why it's just such this random series of events. He's just he's just trying to make. It's like he's got he's got an hour and a half long piece of music with all these gaps in, and in these gaps he's got to find a way to get a scene that fits one piece of music to blend into a scene that fits the next piece of music. So that's where his script writing comes in. And that's why there's no dialogue. Because he literally just needs characters to go from one place to, to another. another. <laughs> With incidental music in the background. <laughs> Instead of stuff. And that's why there's a guy running around with a pelt. He's just someone who's escaped from the set. Because they've all gone fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah, that's it. Do you know when the, like, the crazies are running out of these banged old things, they're all just rushing out? That's just the cast and crew. They've just had enough. It's just dinner time that's, and they're all That's the cafeteria opening. They're fucking, 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 fucking running yeah. over. Yeah. Crawling sick around in the of, sewers and that. like sick of this shit, John. Yeah, what is going on? <laughs> right, this last little bits to close on from me. Right, so the, the creepy uh, Romero guy... Frank Doubleday, the weird Steve Buscemi, Will, William Defoe, or yeah. sidekick guy. Yeah, there's a bit of um, oh, there's a bit of John Malkovich in there as yeah. well, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Twenty, nineteen, eighteen. He's a very odd sidekick. I uh, love him. Yeah, he's like ambiguously gay as well, isn't he? Because so they've got they've got like the the drag, like the drag yeah. thing. Yeah, and he likes dressing the president up, doesn't he? Yeah, and I'm like. What is he a is he a pimp or is he a prostitute? What's going on? He's being weird, isn't it? I said, hey, what's going on? Bastard. <laughs> yeah, chandeliers on his car as well. Sometimes <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I don't think he would pass his MOT with them chandeliers on his car. <laughs> Probably not, but um they can't, you know, what are they gonna do, throw him in jail? Well, no. What points on his license, though? He's already in. Yeah. Uh, well, they take away his license. Within and then the he drives without a license. What are they going to do? Just put him in jail. Fine him. He doesn't pay it. 
what they're gonna do. Find them again. And then what? Like repossess his home? Have it. I'll yeah. just take another. They'll put me in a worse prison. Okay. Um, <laughs> there is no worse prison. The make one for him. What, just him on his the own. The driving offences, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, and then the fucking president will fly over it and yeah, fall in again. and the state's going to have to go and get him and it'll be just him and the it's duke like, just yeah. like do you want to do that anything mate I've not seen anyone in 20 years right. remember last time remember lovely. don't go near the prison island and definitely don't go near the super super <laughs> prison island oh no <laughs> um, the uh, lady's non-jacket when he meets the lady after he knock on Brain's door and she opens up the door and she's got like proper bialbs out. Bialbs. And then it's like, oh, I'll get a jacket. The, the women are all like particularly beautiful to be in this place where there's yeah. absolutely like Lawless no pain, yeah. running water. But they're all, they're all fucking slammy. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, I'll go outside and get my jacket because it's cold. She puts her jacket on and it's still boobs out. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you got to stay warm but you got to look good. Yeah, right? yeah. And just my last part, it's just I think it's really nice that even in a time of like a prison island, they still like have time for like musical theatre in the prison island. Absolutely, I mean you got to respect the I arts. You got to love exactly. the arts. Exactly, I think you got to champion them, even in the darkest of times. Well, you know what they say, Stephen: the earth without art is just eh. <sighs> Fucking die. <laughs> and. Fuck end. We're talking about Highlander. Tell them about Highlander. Right. Well, then. then. Oh, well, we're gonna do Highlander next week. Ugh. And frankly, I can't wait. No, I can. I can wait. I can wait. I can't. But yeah, thanks for listening. This week's episode is sponsored by Four Knob Blondes. Oh. Thanks, guys. Goodbye. <laughs>